Welcome to Sitcom Geeks. I'm Dave Cohen. And I'm James Carey. And we are joined today, we have a special guest, we have uh, the uh, co-founder of the Female Pilots Club, a writer, comedy writer and performer of many parts, including sketches for Tracy Ullman and Mitchell and Webb, and also has written for EastEnders. Absolutely. And on that note, <laughs> yeah. hang on, nope. and, uh, but has also uh, written for lots of uh, children's TV as well, sorry I've got no head, uh, Paddington in fact. Mm. So, um, excellent. So uh, we're very pleased to welcome, uh, and the main reason, actually, that we've got her, she's got a book out, she's got a novel coming out very say soon. Say her name. Mother's, <laughs> no, I'm going to say the novel, because Mother's okay. Day, and it's written by our guest, Abigail Burdess. Hello. Hello. Friend, friend of the show. You've been on with us yes, a couple of times. I have. Oh, for, for years yeah. I've been bothering yeah. you guys on to come back. It's so brilliant to that you could come back. Um, but uh, but yeah, we'll get to the book in a moment. But mm-hmm. we were just talking before we hit record about the fact that sitcom is still your first love, isn't it? It is, yeah, yeah, of course. But I just can't get any made, so it's hence. hard, isn't it? Oh, well. <laughs> it's really hard. You're in very good company, yeah, yeah, at this yeah. Point. yeah. absolutely. I mean, as I often say on this podcast, success is the outlier, yeah. So, um but do, what, let's just rewind, though, because we, we ask all of our guests that when you were sitting cross-legged on the floor looking up at the magic screen, yes. sitcom-wise, what were you watching to make you think, I want to do that? Do you know what? I haven't... I was trying to remember this, and I, none of my cult, cultural references are in any way... will in any way translate because I wasn't brought up in this country. Oh. And so all, I was trying to think, what is the first thing I ever saw that was really, like, funny, that I remember being really funny... And it was probably, this is so cheesy, but I don't know if you've ever heard of it, is a, a thing called Same Procedure as Last Year. <laughs> wow. Which is a very famous thing in like Germany and Scandinavia, which is a sort of silent comedy. Right. Where, so it's about a guy at Christmas. Oh, um, yes, yeah. Do you know this one? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So he goes yeah. around, he's like falls over and he gets drunker and drunker. And they watch it, everyone in like Germany watches everyone it. Everyone in Germany every watches it every Christmas. It's like yeah. a thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like I wa- we used to watch The Great Escape. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's not a big movie in Germany, is it? I would imagine. No, I no. mean, yeah, m- maybe. Not. maybe, maybe not. Yeah. No. Yeah. Maybe in certain circles, but yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, they just knock off the ending where they shoot fifty people. Um, <laughs> okay, that's the happy. Yeah, oh. yeah exactly. <laughs> the terrible escape, it's <laughs> yeah. called. Yeah. But there's a, actually we, we had a uh, Fergus Craig on this podcast not too long ago, and actually he said that his favourite was Mr Bean. Oh, which is again very similar in terms of just this kind of international language of comedy, physical comedy. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. And in fact, my, my brother has become a clown, a physical comedian. He oh. does, that's what he does. Yeah. So it obviously went deeper into him than it did into me because okay. I was like, I like the jokes. Okay. But um, but also I like the falling over. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And when did you fall in love, therefore, with the with the half hour comedy genre? <sighs> I think probably Frasier. Okay. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh. drink. If anyone's listening, drink. <laughs> and it wasn't Dave who said it. So, Sorry. Uh, Sorry. double drink. Is that you all? Everyone talks about Fraser all the time. A little bit. But Sorry. actually, it, Step Toe and Son is, you, you've got to finish the okay. point at that point. Okay. Um, so, uh, my, my daughter, who's 13, is now totally obsessed with it. My kids, my kids have been working through Frasier. Yeah. We recorded yeah. so many off Freeview that we nearly smashed the box and we had to stop recording them and they couldn't quite keep up. But uh, right. it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I, want, I want advice from both of you. I cannot get my kids to watch anything that's got an audience, a live uh, a TV <sighs> Even Big Bang Theory? Even Big Bang Theory. Actually, the one exception is Miranda. That's hey! the only show. 
yeah. only drink. show with an audience. <laughs> uh, they watch. The show. Yeah. So um, I'm going to drink. I've got beer. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No. So Frasier is just—it's amazing, and but, yes. and it's old, isn't it? I mean, it's been knocking around for yeah. ages. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was four or five when I first saw that. It's just steady on. Yeah. yeah that's good. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> really trying to knock twenty years off yeah. my age yeah. there, yeah. but um. Well, that was—it was that sort of golden era of the American sitcom. It was at Seinfeld, uh, Frasier, Friends. Uh, the Simpsons were sort of yeah. completely dominated the whole kind of yeah. comedy landscape. And again, know, studio, what, as you say, studio yeah. sitcoms. Yeah, three out of four. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah, with audiences, lovely, lovely audiences, happy mm. audiences, all yeah. joining together, laughing at the same thing, yeah. the yeah. same time. It's you can it's imagine so such a thing. Yeah. It's yeah. so important. I think as a nation, we would be a happier nation if we had more mainstreams, you know, and only fools and horses where we all come together and and watch, watch, enjoy, you know, it's quite, it's now called co-viewing because obviously people are so embarrassed about the word family for some reason that it's now called co-viewing. Is it? So you can yeah. now watch it with your kids or your, or your parents or whatever. Um, so t- TV speak, co-viewing is like, oh, so family viewing then. Yeah. No, yeah. not family no. viewing, it's co-viewing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> I think it's even more important now when we're all so isolated on our phones and we're all getting completely different streams and yeah. finding mm. out, you know, I, I get fed different stuff to what my kids get fed. Yeah. 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 Also, so, it sounds like COVID, which isn't very good. Thing. Uh, yeah, so yeah, we want to watch uh, the COVID comedy. Well, that's what we want. Comedy is about people struggling with terrible respiratory uh, illnesses. No. Okay. Uh, let, can we just ask you about your yeah. adventures in screenwriting in okay. terms of yeah. uh, the sitcom scripts? Sitcoms, <laughs> sitcom scripts you've loved and lost. Yeah. Um, do you do want you... to say a bit about how, how do you go about it? What do you find hard and what do you find the easy bit? I've actually been thinking a lot about this recently because I recently taught sitcom writing um, with the lovely Robin French who wrote Cuckoo. Oh, we should get him on the Yeah, I mean, he's very interesting on the subject. And it was, so I went to all his classes and he went to all my, and I just, and it sort of made me go, oh my God, there's loads of stuff I just don't think about. And and also that you get kind of lazy about, don't you? Like if you write sitcoms time you get a bit like oh well, i'm gonna work that out later yeah yeah but in a way you, it yeah. is, but you can you sort of trust yourself that you will fix it later it's like you know you're, you're working muscles aren't you rather than yes you yeah know, that is true but i do think there's a there is a use in kind of going actually if i were going to do this the best i could possibly do it how would i do it? i think that's a useful qu- yeah. kind of question to ask yourself because otherwise you can get a bit I don't know. Certainly, I can get very lazy. I'm a very lazy person, and I want to do as little work as possible. Okay. And I want to sell the thing. I'm like, why aren't they buying it? And I'm like, maybe it's because you haven't done the work. Okay. On like making it ready to be seen. Okay. And I, and often you you write something and you go like, okay, I've got a script now. That's a good script. It's good enough. It's good enough. Yeah. I'm sending it out. And I think now I'm much more of the. Do you know what? I think I should put that away for a month. Yeah. Think about it and read it again and then yeah. make it better and then send it out. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but yes, I've written lots and lots of sitcoms, most of which I'm now repurposing in yeah. my new career as a thriller writer and just sticking in a crime element and uh, yeah. turning them into... <laughs> absolutely nothing. Right. Like, no yeah. joke left behind. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's a good, yeah. good policy to have. Yeah. yeah. Well, you could just sort of flip Frasier a bit and make the retired cop the main character. You know? Ooh, yeah, there you go. There we go. You yeah. Yeah. Have your cake and eat it. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah, 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 yeah. Five percent for sitcom geeks, please. Yeah. I mean, as as we are still, you know, still talking about uh, sitcom at this point, yeah. but I'd be uh, just just thinking about how um, the the female pilots club came about, which is which is. Uh, doing very well now and they've got a deal haven't they with um uk TV, yes i, I think, have well. i um, i've stepped back from the female yeah, pilot you, club you but they have gone it, i did you? i started yeah. it with k mm. but they've gone on to this amazing thing yeah. where i they, mean i prefer their early work so yeah thanks yeah 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 so they've just done this thing with uk tv where they had um four scripts by female writers yeah. um sort of funded for a read through a big public read through um, which I went to, and it was great. Yeah. Very exciting. Some very funny stuff there. Um, but, yeah, the Female Pilot Club was kind of founded because we were, we were trying to find a way to um, have – I think it's really difficult if you aren't a performer um, or if your friends aren't performers mm. to know whether or not it's going to work in the room. Yeah. And so we thought there was a gap essentially in the process, which is to read your thing in front of an audience and see if they laugh at it. And so we set up this um, club where we do, we, we read out uh, a sitcom, including the stage directions. So it's like it's a sit down read to a public, mm. to an audience, but it's an audience of people who are could be producers and actually might make it yeah. who don't laugh obviously yeah. because they're producers so they, they smile go, yeah, yeah that's funny yeah yeah that's good yeah yeah, yeah i like they're that mentally that ticking was pages in yeah. their head that's why one of the yeah. all-time great wonderful human beings is paul mayhew archer friend of the show who was very much a mentor to me simon his son is doing very well and um, you know under his own steam and um Paul is brilliant. You want is he him a good laugher? Oh my goodness, he just throws his head back and that's what you laughs. need. Yeah, yeah. So we had we have some industry yeah. and some real people. Yeah, and of course the real people really laugh, and yeah. then the industry go, "What? What's this? What is the strange emotion they appearing to be experiencing? Humans caring and enjoying things. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, together. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's um, yeah, that was the sort of plan. And it's uh, specifically uh, for female writers because uh, we felt at the time that we set up the club that uh, it was a bit, there had just been a piece of research that came out that said that only one in 10 scripts that are produced on TV had a woman even credited, like even as a co-writer or whatever. So we were like, well, that seems a a bit odd. It was a bit of Writers Guild research, so that all seemed a bit odd. So um, so we thought uh, we we put, put on this thing. We had amazing like a real combination of very new writers. Some, some of it was their first script mm. and sometimes it was very, very successful. Yeah. We had Georgia Pritchett. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, was, I went to the one like... that Georgia did. <laughs> oh, yeah. I went to another one as well. But I mean, the thing that amazed me as well was the, the cast that you got. I mean, you got, you got yeah. some of the most incredible, you know, uh, Media Bollimore was in one of them. Uh, yeah. Greg McHugh was in, uh, was, was in uh, another one yeah, as well. Yeah, with I Lou mean, Breely. That was how, his, how, well, yeah. how do you manage to get these sort of you know, absolute sort of star-studded cast. To, I very, to sit in a room I pulled in every favour <laughs> yeah, I've right. ever had. Yeah, right. and then until they, until they're all drained, and yeah. now I have nothing left <laughs> okay. here. But no, okay. I know that's not true. <laughs> but also, it, no, it, people it, just wanted to do it because they wanted to support the cause. So yeah, because it was a like a they all they all all the actors worked for free, and they were yeah. just like, yeah, I'll come. I think it's because it's a very specific ask. Yeah, it's like come along at five p.m. You're free by eight thirty. Yeah. You get to be funny. Yeah. There's Pe- going to be industry people there, but it's going to be fun. People will look at you. Yeah. People, <laughs> yeah. Actually- 
actors like acting. Yeah. 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 It's really easy to forget that. Actors yeah. want people to look at them. That yeah, is not, they, that's an outlier. Most people don't want that. Yeah, but, but actors love it. They love That's it. That's their whole thing. Yeah, and actors spend yeah. most of their time not acting. Yeah. Give them an opportunity to act. Well, if you give them a good script, yeah. essentially, yeah, you yeah. give them a good script and they're like, I could be funny in this. Mm. If they think I could be funny in this yeah. and also it's only an afternoon, yeah. then quite a, they're incredibly, and they were supporting a feminist cause, yeah. they were incredibly generous with their time. And also, yeah. also it was so interesting how they would, because we just did one read through beforehand yeah. and then... Did the show. Here we go, yeah. And they just, you could just see the, you know, it. you can really see how good they are. Yeah. Because they're just like that leap up from the bumbling read through yeah, where yeah, everyone's yeah. like, oh, I don't know. And then I'll do a thing like that. I'll, me, I'll do a funny thing now. I'll do, yeah, yeah. I'll do a thing. Yeah. We had um, one, the last one I did actually was actually at JW3. We'd moved from the Museum of Comedy and uh, we had one actress, June Watson. Do you, are you aware of her? So she's 90. Okay. And she is, and she's, she can't, uh, she has to learn the script now because her eyes aren't so good. And she learned the script in order to do it. And then she just got, she had one scene and she got six massive laughs out of her ones. It was that thing where yeah. you just go, you are so good. You've done this before. The thing yeah. I remember at George's uh, one was, um, and I can't remember who the actor was, annoyingly, but it was just, there was, um, uh, the, the, the line was something like, he had to say, yes, sort of like that. <laughs> but... The way that he did it, yeah, and he did it a couple of times. He had like a couple of lines where he just went, had to go, hmm, or mm. yes, and the room just, you know, it just lifted up yeah. in a way that, and, and and again, it's very, you know, it's quite frustrating, you know, when you have a script, it's yeah. just the words on the page, you know, who's gonna look at a character saying yeah and yeah. go, oh right, you know. That's going to work. That's really going to be well a massive laugh. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it does really. I, I, I mean, and that carefully crafted joke that you spent hours yeah. on went for nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. I know. Yeah. Yeah. The restaurant on the corner. Yeah. As I was remembering that phrase, that it's a joke. It's a brilliant joke. It's a restaurant on a corner. It gets custom from both sides. How could it possibly fail? Yeah. And the restaurant on the corner is always the first business to go bust. Right. Um, and that's a that's an American uh, writer's thing for the joke that is so brilliant it can't fail. Okay. Yeah. That oh. fails. That's is that a reference? I also, that. is that why the Seinfeld uh, cafe is on a corner? Uh, oh, maybe. When, they, when they show that thing, when they show that diner, they always go, it's, it is on the corner, isn't it? Yeah. I it can't fail. Yeah, yeah. I Maybe. mean, it's boy, did it not fail? <laughs> yeah. Uh, my my kids aren't quite old enough for Seinfeld yet, but I've been showing them clips, and as you watch, and also it keeps coming up on my Instagram feed now as well. There's little bits are clipped out, and it's just the rhythm of the jokes is just incredible, isn't it? Um, I can I really look forward to watching Seinfeld again. That's going to be really yeah. fun. We've been watching Shit's Creek. Okay, she's right. obviously quite grown up, but the kids find it utterly hilarious. Mm. So yeah, mine are munching through Modern Family. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. Um, are they like yeah. well, they're like on... Superstore. Oh, Superstore okay, is a good not, one. Not for, yeah, yeah. We're okay. on the second watch of Gilmore Girls at this point. Oh, this so man's obsessed with Gilmore Girls <laughs> again. Just... Drink if you're listening. <laughs> Dave said Gilmore Girls. Well, it's the so much of it. It takes months and months to watch through the whole. Yeah. You know, the whole seven. It's a lot of talking seasons. in Gilmore Girls. Yeah. A lot of talking. But it, I think just going back to the live performance thing, it is really something that we probably don't talk about enough is reading through a script with actual actors. And of course it's brilliant that you can get 
fantastic. Yeah, yeah. You can lean on friends to do it. But just that discipline of putting a script on its feet and actually hearing it. And wow, you learn so much so fast. I mean, the sheer terror of doing that in the first place makes you write the script two drafts funnier than it might otherwise be. And then actually having actors come in, you hear that lines now don't work. Oh my yeah. goodness, scene three will just never end. Yeah. You know, it's like you've got to cut that. And so anyone listening who, if you have an opportunity to just get some half decent actors together, friends of yours, yeah. it makes a world of and, difference. And I would say that like I made a joke about leading on, on favours, but in fact, like we very quickly would just started asking whoever we thought would be the best casting. Yeah. And quite often they just said yes. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, a cheeky ask is yeah. lots of people I didn't know at all and they were like yeah sure it's a night out um, yeah. A, yeah we 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 all get drunk afterwards <laughs> yeah, right? right yeah yeah of yeah. course we do great <laughs> yeah. see you there yeah. yes so um yeah so it is possible to yeah. organize those things I think but yeah so you've written lots of sitcoms and um none so of them have ever no got joy. made <laughs> yeah. so yeah, yeah almost, almost none the... of mine have been made either yeah. you know I'm only yeah. one or two ahead of you on that score so it sort of answers the next question, which I was going to ask you, which yeah. is, why write a book? Oh, well... Why write a novel? Because I had no money. No, because, <laughs> because I'd run out of work and it was the pandemic. Okay. And so and it was the second lockdown. So I didn't actually have any scripts that I had to write. Okay. And, so, and I had this couple of months mm. stretching in front of me. So I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll write that. I'm going to write that book that I it was actually a film that I'd written originally so I I got the idea don't worry I got the idea from uh I saw this woman on Facebook who do you remember like 10 years ago there was a real craze on Facebook for holding up those like Bob Dylan style cards yeah yeah. to find your family and everyone just found their family like instantly yeah and it was and I saw this woman interviewed who'd found her birth mother and she said, oh, I really hope I'm the daughter she's been dreaming of all these years. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh, that's a really Ooh. dangerous thing yeah. to hope for. So, uh, so I wrote this film, uh, film idea yeah. about this woman, Anna, who finds her birth mother very suddenly yeah. and discovers she's pregnant the yeah. same day. And then there's a whole, like, she gets welcomed into this family she knew she, she never knew she had and are they okay? Yeah. Is this all right? So I wrote that as a sort of thriller film. And again, I never sell films. I mean, I've written so many treatments wow. for films. Wow, yeah, yeah. You know, I've had lots of meetings, Yeah. very exciting meetings for films where they go, well, this is amazing, I'm calling LA tomorrow. And I oh, go, yeah. right, no one's ever going right. to be in touch. Hear That's from, it. Hear, hear from you never. <laughs> See ya. Bye. Yeah. See you later. So yeah, so I had this film idea and then I was speaking to a friend of mine um, and she said you should write a you should write a book about your relationship with your mother. Yeah, and I was like, that would be a horror story. <laughs> <laughs> Great you genre, write, write that. That's yeah. our genre. Yeah. But uh, obviously, it's not a horror story. It's a thriller, and yeah. it hasn't ended up being about my mother. It's it's about all, really? all mothers, really? and daughters, okay. all mothers oh, and daughters. Yes. Yeah, okay. it's about the mother daughter relationship. So yeah, and it's so, not memoir then. Okay. It's not a memoir. Okay. Very clearly, as you when you read it, you will go, "This is not a memoir." Okay. Well, you because know, there's I... no way this woman would be sitting in front of me if it were. Okay. So you, yeah. Okay. <laughs> there you go. That's well, you know, yeah, one yeah. does do this all the time. You know, when you read a book and you kind of you you sort of 
you you half know or you sort of know a little bit of the person who's written it. And I was reading it, and okay. you know, I was thinking, you know, I, obviously this isn't the Abbey that I know, but you know, how much of her is in? You know, well, it reminds me when we remember when we spoke to Jack Doherty. Yeah, yeah. Um, who's a comedy hero of mine because Hunter and Doherty, um, Mr. Don and Mr. George is one of my favourite TV shows of all yeah, time. Yeah, he's a very funny man. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. He, he wrote, I remember him saying he wrote a movie script or something mm. which was sort of about his life and the feedback on it was, we can't make this because no one would do this. This is a terrible person. <laughs> and he was yeah. just like, oh, I mean, it's me. It's yeah. me. <laughs> I am very used to getting that note. Okay. Yeah. So who would even we say that? Who would even think this? Yeah. yeah. So I've yeah. had a, I've had a lot of that writing sitcoms with the characters. We go, these characters are re- repellent. This woman is disgusting. Why is she so lustful and appalling? And would, nobody would ever behave this badly. And I go, oh, oh. Yeah. oh. yeah. So I had a bit of that with a thriller where they're like, yeah, these yeah. characters are larger than life. I've never seen a character so crazy and theatrical. And I'm like, oh, they, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah. I think yeah. they're yeah. Well, that's it's just was... me. My mum yeah. and my sister, but um, that's but it's not a member. Not, not we a member. cannot <laughs> emphasize that yeah. enough. It's yeah, um, yeah, it's not you. The bad, the mum character is not my mum. I should make that very clear in case she's listening. It's not. We, I did give her a lot of my mother's charm. Yeah, that's. I'll I'll put. So I gave yeah. my my mother character a lot of my own mum's charm. She's okay. a charming sort of. All the plus sides. Yeah, all, all the, the plus sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think you're safe now. <laughs> Do you think I'm safe? Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Caveats so, have been. Caveats, <laughs> yeah. caveats issued. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, everyone wrote a novel in lockdown. I mean, yeah. even I started writing. Did you? A novel, but actually, I then stopped and wrote it as a screenplay because ah. I just thought I'm a I'm a TV guy. I'm going to write it as a TV script. Yeah. And nobody wanted it, so I've begun to turn it back into a novel again. And uh, and I've sort of stopped because I've got other stuff to do, and that and that's great. So I'm not I'm not complaining. But in general, yeah. And I may have said this on this podcast before despite what Dave is trying to do with his life and career. In general, it's just like, don't write a novel. I really, I really recommend you don't write a novel. Your chances of success are very low and there's no money in it. So do you really want to do that? Obviously, your experience has been different. Yeah, I've had, I've had a different experience to yeah. that. So, but again, so I've, now I've sold the novel to the telly. Yeah. We don't know it's going to get made. It's just been optioned. Sure. But, you know, I feel like I wouldn't have sold. Yeah. The, yeah. Well, I know I wouldn't have sold it as a TV thing without having the novel first. But I think yeah. partly that is because it's um, tonally quite complex. Right. And I think with telly, you tend to have to be able to define the tone very clearly or they they tend yeah. to be, have to recognise the tone. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. if you write something that's slightly in between genres. Yeah. So this is like a thriller, but funny. Mm. So there are comic elements. And that's quite a delicate thing to try and explain in a pitch and yeah. to explain in a script. Whereas I think if you've got a book and it's like a little box of yeah. tone yeah. sitting there, then TV people can read it and they go, oh, I see. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's like, does that make yeah, sense? No, yeah, no, it totally does. Yeah. That's, that, that was, uh, my, my reasoning simply was um, that the number of meetings that I was getting for my ideas for scripts and things was, you know, kind of diminishing as my age was increasing. You know, I have had more, I haven't sold it, but I've had more interest from TV companies as a result of it being a book because TV companies make Mm. Adapt and films yeah. adapt books, yeah. and so uh, I, I, I approached it from that point of view. Was that this is something that um, 
there is interest in, even yeah. though nothing has happened yet. But I'd also add to that. Well, I think the thing is, okay, so this goes back to the, how, how have you actually done your best on this script okay. question, which is that that book, I have solved all the problems yeah. because I've had to write it as a book. Yeah. yeah. And so you've had to finish it. I've had to finish it. Because the manuscript is the finished article. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas a script is always a work in progress. Yeah. And you and just run out of time yeah. when you've got, to shoot, you've got to shoot it and that's that. Yeah. And it's so hard not to feel provisional about a script as well because you know that the producers are always going to change it. Yeah. It's really hard to go, no, 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 that's the definitive. I've really sorted out every last problem yeah. because you know someone's, the producer's always going to say, change this, change that. Yeah. Change, blah, blah, blah. And also, it's not going, a novel is not going to be media by a set designer yes. and a director a shooting style a casting choice all that kind of stuff yeah. what you are writing is the product exactly yes. as yeah. opposed to an architect doing the blueprints of a building mm. that you yourself are not yeah. building yes um nobody so, nobody actually goes to a shop and buys a script to read no. apart from maybe the harry potter movies or something yeah people, yeah, yeah. people buy the flea bag ones don't they do they the yeah. scriptures i don't yeah. quite oh really yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> but i mean nobody outside of the nerdy world of comedy writers yes. then yeah. yeah but i mean yeah we we read them and we know how to read them but you know um i would not for instance show a script to my wife or i yeah. would but she could pick up certain things from it but she yeah. wouldn't know necessarily that oh well that's that's how these things are you know it's yeah. not yeah the, the the language isn't the language of the finished product it's like we've, we've been talking about um you know make a radio make your own uh, yeah. stuff make a podcast make a youtube video that's the thing you're putting out there and yes a novel is like a, a phenomenal amount of work compared to a two-minute youtube video but i have written I am writing a second novel, and it yeah. is better. Are you better. enjoying it? Yeah. No, I'm not enjoying it, actually. I'm hating it. But the reason I'm hating it is because I'm having to really change quite a lot of it. But I'm aware that in the changing, it's the, 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 the skills that I've learned from writing the first novel mean that I know more how to change it, I think. And, and so it's actually quite... It's a much harder work, but yeah. it feels like it's going to be a much better book. As Have you... You probably answered this question on this podcast before, but why did you write your same... Same thing. Well, I, as I said to James, you know, I had the idea in uh, for the novel in 1981. So there we go. It only See, took me that's longer 40, than me. Yeah, like only a took fine me 40 wine. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like a single malt whiskey yeah. this is. Yeah. I think yeah. I always wanted to be a novelist in my teens, and then, you know alternative comedy came along so i was distracted for 10 years doing stand-up and then i i, I was distracted for great another. distraction yeah it? yeah and then became wildly successful I mean, writing songs for horrible history yeah or yet another drag yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. oh no but i mean yeah like a uh, you know a stand-up is 20 minutes you know you write a number of jokes and you go out and you perform them and then you go out and perform them again and yeah. again and again and you know earn earn enough money to but again, stand up is so. I've done stand up, and it's so. It's so ideas intensive. Yeah. Like it, if I think. I mean, it takes a lot of. It's not like sketch writing, young man's game. Yeah. Sketch writing takes a lot of ideas, doesn't it? Like yeah, it's like you burn, you burn through, through but, ideas. But actually, in, I was very lucky to be a part of the the whole sort of stand up world that was just kind of happening, and so. I, you know, we were we were sort of making it up as we went along. Really. About. It wasn't it wasn't like a sort of career yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. So, 
you know that it's a lot easier to just do that and go for you know for for like an hour's work a week i was earning enough to you know be able to kind of hang out and yeah not wow, have to that's write good, novels isn't it? yeah and not well, have not to bad. write a novel yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, on the way here i was thinking about a project of mine that has been recently turned down by one particular uh, broadcaster, but it's still in contention for other ones. I was thinking, what would I do with it? Because it's an idea that I really passionately, genuinely, totally believe in. And I did think to myself, I could write it as a novel. And then I just just checked myself and just said, right. okay, 80,000 words yeah. is a lot. You have to really care. I mean, I, I really cared about this story. But so also, I think you have to be like so invested. So the thing is, I really, really care about this story, but I don't have an 80,000 word brain. Okay. I've got a 28 minute brain. Well, And I've got a six times 28 minute brain. And so therefore what I was thinking was, because from my point of view, there's not that much money in it anyway, one way or the other. Um, if I wanted to develop this as an idea, I do know how to turn it into six half hours. For audio. Okay. Oh, so, great. Because, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I'm an audio guy. I'm making podcasts. I've done BBC Radio. I've done loads. We've worked on BBC we Radio have once indeed, or twice yeah. as well. Um, so, so I was just thinking, I, I know how to do that because it wouldn't take me a year to turn it into a novel. And so it would take me a year to turn it into a novel, writing, you know, X hundred words a day and all that kind of stuff. But actually, I know how to do radio. So for me, the way of giving my ideas some life would be to basically write it as an audio script and get some people I know, one or two people that one or two people may have vaguely heard of or not. I don't know. The people I've worked with before who don't have big names, but I think are really good. <coughs> um, so uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll bear, I'll bear you in mind. mind. Um, I mean, he's auditioning for this show, <laughs> well, even honest, as we speak. To be honest, you'd actually be really <laughs> good, wouldn't it? Thank you. It's not the novel writing yes, career. Right. Um, the lead character <laughs> yeah. is a very uh, bitter owner of a second-hand bookshop. Come on. Come on. Get in. Yeah, it's all yeah. you. Okay, you, yeah. you're hired. And it's a lot less work than writing a novel as well. Yeah, yeah. So what we're not necessarily saying is, if they don't like your idea, stuff it, write it as a novel. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, but also your idea, I mean, sitcoms aren't novels, even though some novels have been turned into sitcoms, although in the case of um, uh, Reggie Perrin, that was a un very unusual episodic uh, sitcom. Yes, and I mean the only yeah. Men behaving badly also. Jeeves and was a Worcester sitcom. is almost. Yes, but, that's it's pretty but I would close say, to a sitcom. Isn't I, it? I would say that is sitcom. I'd yeah. say P. G. Woodhouse almost invented the, the sitcom. sitcom. Um, but so or, so. I mean, we need more. To be fair, we need more comic novels. No, I totally agree with that. <laughs> well, totally you know, agree. here's a sort of very bizarre thing yeah. that, because I, I am, you know, I do like writing novels, but and, and I have learned that the, 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 the thing that I've learned that I'm not good at is uh, writing to genre, and you know, like you say, people buy crime books, people buy uh, romance, they buy uh, science fiction, they buy a young adult, you know, they don't buy comic fiction no. as such. No. They buy, you know, it's not even a thing. They buy zillion, really you know, Richard there's, Osman's books. There's no books. bit, there's no bit yeah. in the bookshop which is comic yeah. fiction. Richard yeah. Osman's books are really funny, but they are cosy murder. And I read a writer who I never in a million years would have thought of that I would read, Sophie Kinsella, and I read a book by her, and I just thought, this is as funny as P.G. Woodhouse. This is actually really, really funny book. Wow. But it's a com it's a romance. Yeah, lots and of the so, rom-coms are really you know, and you, you, you know, just by looking at the cover, you know, that this is, oh, this is sort of 
flight this isn't for me it's a sort of you know yeah. flighty nice pastely coloured cartoon and it's a woman with a shop, lady. middle class <laughs> woman with shopping bags you know I mean yeah, yeah. every cover is the same yeah. and there's a reason for that which is that the algorithms if you like romantic comedy your the algorithms yeah. will take yeah, you yeah. straight to and that that's, but that's just scheduling sitcoms I mean, yeah. it's just yeah. the same every episode of Modern Family is the same you know it's like what what's wrong with that so you're saying that comedy novels are being hidden under the rom com yeah. banner and I think yeah so. that's true. I think I, I, I do think you know you have you do have to write to genre and that's well, the one mistake that I do think, there, I, are, I do I think there are parallels though if you are a sitcom writer in how you structure yep. sitcom plot and in detective fiction yeah. specifically yeah. because. I don't know if you read John York's book Into the Woods. I keep oh, yes. meaning to, and I haven't yet, and I should. I so swear he by it. talks. It's brilliant, isn't it? Mm. So he talks about. If you've gone on about this before, stop me. No. But, uh, he talks about uh, what he calls two-dimensional fiction, which he doesn't mean pejoratively. He just mm. means it. it the change is not in the the changes in knowledge rather okay. than in a character arc. Okay. So that's quite an interesting kind yeah. of definition, particularly with like s- series and serials on TV yeah. and creating, you know, that change in knowledge. Um, oh, that's really helpful. Because yeah. a lot of murder mystery is, I mean, even I've, I've been reading quite a lot, um, like even Dorothy L. Sayers, which is kind of much more readable and quite good fun. But ultimately they're trying to figure out what happened. Yes. And they're not changed by this experience, no. particularly. There's a very slow arc love story between um, Lord Peter Whimsey yeah. and like um, an incre- But incremental change in the same way you get in a sitcom. Yeah, but, it's, but yeah. it is a slow revelation of what actually happened yeah. and knowledge rather than character development, really. Isn't yeah, it? and that's, Dorothy L. says, a great example of that. But like, I think that's quite similar. Like in sitcom, I often describe it that you, you're giving your character an opportunity to change yeah. with the plot, which the character does not take advantage of. Yeah. So you're structuring a plot to which would arc your character yeah. if your character wasn't such a numpty yeah. and will inevitably stay themselves. Yeah, yeah. Do you see what I mean? So, and it's that's that's quite a similar thing to plotting detective fiction, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's really helpful. Yeah. Yeah, I was interested actually reading your your book. Uh, I think there's you know there's, there's, finished it. there's a lot of uh, parallels. <laughs> Not quite. I haven't even started it. I didn't get it to. I got <laughs> no, it to I mean, I Not quite finished. I literally yet, no. emailed it yesterday or something. Um, yeah. But <laughs> he's a fast I, reader. He's very yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. I thought there were some parallels with. You know, with sitcom, uh, I thought that the, the, the mother character you mentioned, for instance, is a sort of classic sitcom monster character, I think. Yep. Um, <laughs> but also the relationship that's at the start of the book, um, which is very much, uh, they're, they're, they're an odd couple. Yeah, they? yeah. And, there's uh, a... And Dermot. They're, they're, they're I mean, very I think much... they literally, I think he describes them as Laurel and Lardy or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like... So Sorry. you, and I mean, that's just, <laughs> and, and, and it's, you know, and it's, it's, Visual as well. It's a physical, you know. Yeah, he's yeah. This, he's he, this sort of six foot five giant character, and she's this sort of yeah. slightly delicate uh, <laughs> um, mm, character. Yeah. And and uh, so, a Lucy so, Porter and yeah i think that inevitably you do create you know there are tropes which you're going to use in your writing which will surface i yeah. think but also those are those are all it's i do think it's very important to make characters instantly recognizable yeah and to do that's a 
great piece of advice actually that was given to me by Gareth Edwards. Yeah. Uh, was oh. always introduced. Yeah, is he? Has he yeah. come on? He said, um, always introduce your character at their most typical. Oh, yeah. Which I think is great advice yeah. and something that a lot of new writers don't do. Yeah. Because they're like, no, no, this is a weird day for her because normally, and I'm like, no, don't no, make no, it no. a weird day no. for her. We have to know I, who she yeah. is, you know. So, yeah. We've said on this podcast before, at least I've said it, is, you know, you're, you only get a one chance to make a first impression. So what when your character enters the scene... What are they doing? What are they wearing? What's their first line? Yeah. What are they holding? Yeah. That is emblematic of who they are and what they're saying. Yeah. And the same rule applies in a in a novel. And I guess in a novel, you've got 80,000 words and you can fall in love with your own prose and all that kind of stuff. Oh it's like, God. no, get on no, with it. get on with it. Grab them because other books are available. Yes. So get on with I it. I mean, it's very important that you want to keep reading, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But also, I, I always think of it when writing sitcom is that you, when you introduce a character, you're making a promise to the audience mm. and that you have to keep your promise. So if you if you have a character turn up and they're hungry or whatever it is, they're greedy, yeah. they should carry on being, they, Joey yeah. from Friends, yeah. you know, carried on going, yeah. where's my dinner yeah. for however many yeah. <laughs> episodes? No one, no one minded that yeah. that joke was repeated because the what what you know what the audience likes is that they know who it is yeah, and they get yeah. to go yay I recognise yeah. this guy yeah um, yeah I mean I'm quite interested to know I'm from sure both... you said that before a million no, times no no not at all no that's a very good way of putting it <laughs> yeah and also example. you know we 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 say a lot of things lots of times and. They, because they need to be repeated and we forget them as well when yeah. we're writing. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't make any difference yeah. when people send us scripts uh, for our first 10 pages challenge for our Patreons and they haven't started the story within the first 10 pages oh, my Lord, and yeah. characters' first lines are often not very interesting and... But, and then uh, yeah. we write those very scripts ourselves. I suppose it's that thing of making a pro Like, I, I think if you don't keep the promise you made to the audience, they will feel betrayed and yeah. they will yeah. be angry with you. Yeah. Yeah. They'll go be like, no, you said this, this guy was going to be, even if you, even if you have a character, so uh, the Marlena, my, uh, the mother character is unpredictable. That is her characteristic. Yeah. She is unpredictable, but she is predictably unpredictable. unpredictable. She, she will always yeah. be unpredictable. That's, she's in, you know, the, uh, she comes in and it's just straight. There's just, yeah. it's no consistent. Everything yeah, no about that yeah. is consistent. So what I, I, I'm interested to hear from both of you, really, I suppose, because in, in a sense, you, um, James, I guess, your, you know, your Death in Paradise script has this. You know, we always talk about the characters who never learn from their mistakes and they come back every week and make the same mistakes. But yeah. this is a story that has a beginning, a middle and an end. Yeah. And you presume mm. you have that situation as well with death in paradise you're still writing comedy yeah uh and uh, so i'm just interested to know what if you're kind of conscious of ways that you have to do it differently compared to when you're writing a sitcom episode say oh well for for, for me i mean i have no idea what i'm doing <laughs> and i'm aware that a genre which looks relatively easy when as a viewer i'm sort of feel i feel like a murder mystery script for TV at least is like, I feel like I'm having to write the same script three times over because I'm trying to write out, I'm trying to work out what is the story of the episode in terms of why has this person been murdered? What happened before? Why are they being murdered now by these, by this person in this way? And then once the murder is out there, what does the, what do the accused people 
do in order to exonerate themselves. Okay, and you only see little fragments of that story. And then you've got the detective, and every show is slightly different, every detective is slightly different. How are they investigating it in a way in which they investigate things? And this was different for Shakespeare and Hathaway because that, they were private detectives. They weren't yeah, so private investigators. They were off-piste. Yeah, exactly. And, and they had to have this sort of um, policeman. They, they were constantly enraging and running rings around and stuff. And then, so there's their quest. And then also... How does that relate to what you are revealing to the audience? So are you revealing to the audience things that the detectives have seen or haven't seen? And again, depending on the show, the rules are different. And also depending on what you're writing, what are the rules of, of your mystery? What are the rules of your thing? You know, And I guess you had to kind of work out writing the book. What are the rules of this book? Yeah. Because you're creating the yeah. story world. I mean, did you yeah. go, did you, presumably you had to slightly find that as you go. And then once you'd established the rules, go back and just make sure everything obeys the rules. Um, yeah, I suppose the big, I mean, the biggest note I got from my editor, I think I wrote it like a TV show. So yeah. I kind of pictured it pretty, um, but I, the biggest note I got was, you know, you are allowed to sometimes just tell us stuff because right. I was so used to writing like show don't tell. And, yeah. and that he's like, you know, you can say what a character thinks. Yeah. Sometimes, which of course is a great opportunity in a novel, is that you can yeah. go, oh, this is what I think, but this is what I'm doing. So yeah. that's the that's the delightful, yeah. in, the enjoyable the gap. Conceit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is yeah, like yeah. the subtext and subtext is yeah. you know is fun. But I think what you, what you were saying about structuring um structuring a story, a detective story, is quite interesting in terms of Robin French was talking about, and not you should get him on, but yeah, I'm sure he'll say it yeah. better, but um, about it's really important to know what your character's self-image is. Yeah. And that's that's like a lot of time in Death and Paradise, you're looking at like char- the the gap between characters' self-image yeah. and the reality, aren't you? Yeah. Like the, and that's, that's sitcom the, as well, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and that's like, sitcom who, as well, yeah. How do I see myself? Yeah. How do other people yeah. see me? Yeah. So like, the you yeah. know, that... Frasier sees himself as terribly insightful yeah. and you know yeah. and all yeah. of that and, and in fact he has no insight at all into yeah. himself or his own romance yeah, so, yeah. you know he's he's a he's a moron yeah yeah he <laughs> can't he, he can't solve his own he problems he can't solve yeah. his own problems yeah. exactly yeah. so yeah, he's yeah. you know he's I'm listening exactly <laughs> I, I think I used more of my sketch writing skills in writing the novel yeah. than I did. Yeah. But it's specific when you're writing a thriller because what you're doing is you're controlling um, tension. Yeah. So if you're if you're going, oh, I'm building up tension, I'm building up tension, and then you're choosing how to uh, what, what's the, release that tension. Yeah. With it, do you release it with violence, mm. or do you release it with Comedy. Comedy. Yeah. And sometimes... I would like, say, some, I would use the word catharsis. Punch, here, yeah, punch or punchline. Punch or punchline. So you're okay. like, you know, what? Well, yeah, exactly. Like, what is it? <laughs> I, it was just a really... So, like, controlling that and going, oh, I can't always be funny because if I'm, if I'm making a joke, yeah. sometimes I, I, you lose yeah. that it's scary. Yeah. So it's like, so you have to go, oh, when, when can I be scary or when can I make a joke? Yeah. And that's yeah. interesting. It's I hard, to, isn't it? I mean, it's, yeah, we I don't know to, what we're doing. Yeah. But I wanted to pick you up on, on that because that, that's interesting what you're saying about using your sketch uh, ability. So a sketch is, at most, usually it's about 500 words. Yeah. Um, a novel is, you know, 80, 100,000 words. Um, a, a song, like a horrible history song, is less, even less, is 
200 words. Yeah. But I, I think that I used my horrible histories uh, skill for the novel writing as well, in that, you know, even though it's 80,000 words versus 200 words, within, within the thousand-word lump of a story that you're mm. telling, you know, you get sort of dig into those sort of little moments and just change a, a, a word here or a, a rhythm of a sentence there. Yeah. And it, and that that, I, that's what I really I think that's what hooked me onto the sort of the novel writing yeah. uh, bug really or the the drug was the the excitement that I got realizing that actually I'm using I'm using the things that I do really well. So going back to what you were saying about well I'm not going to write a novel because I'm not yeah. I'm not an eighty thousand word guy. But you are a kind of you know you are a storyteller. Yeah, yeah. You have really good way. You've, you're really good at coming up with stories and resolving them. Yeah, and that's that's what you bring. But it, what, what I'm what I'm, what it turns out though is I'm no good at is I'm no good at exposition, uh, and what what would be called action lines. So this this novel I wrote fairly recently, I actually showed it to my wife and she said the dialogue's really good okay <laughs> <laughs> um and it's like oh okay Whereas, and she said basically what i what i've now learned is and i'm not going to continue with that novel particularly in that way unless something but what i've discovered is the kind of novels that i like reading that are funny the narrator is funny yeah that's interesting so isn't it? i've been reading terry pratchett aloud to my kids and Terry Pratchett is funny. The characters are funny in their own yeah. particular way. Yeah. But the but the narrator is the funny. The narrator's voice has wit. Yeah. Has wit and, and, yeah. and, a, and a character. And I think, yeah. and actually I'm just reading the Thursday Murder Club where half of it at least is in the voice of Joyce yeah. uh, who is sort of writing this stuff. And I just thought if, if I started again on a novel, I would make the narrator... Witty. A character. Yeah. yeah. Maybe an unreliable is, narrator or whatever. Yeah, yeah so I've, I, I found that in that I was like, I really have to make... Anna, yeah, uh, who's the protag, yeah. have a sort of dry wit, yeah. yeah, because otherwise you just don't have like I I love plotting, you know, you don't know what's going to happen next, and and very Eastendersy, yeah, you know, doof, 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 doof. no, I literally doof, doof. Yeah. Pl plot out seven doof doofs, okay, per chapter, okay, three chapters per act. Big doof doof at the end of the act. So it's always like like I've wow. literally got it going. This okay. is, these are the doof doof doof. These are the doofs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, yeah, I'm kind of obsessed with it. But I still felt that it really helps to give at least one of your characters. But then that's true in sitcom. It helps to give one character wit. Yeah. But like, if you give all the characters wit, then you just got a lot of people going. Here's a funny joke yeah. I thought of. Here's yeah, another yeah. funny joke. You've got six Chandlers. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. Actually, you only want one Chandler. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Chandlers. What's what's Chandler's comedy voice? His is the comedy voice of the aggregated six ex-Harvard scriptwriters. <laughs> yeah. um, after yeah. a week long of thinking, what's the funniest what's possible the funniest version possible? of this? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. But at the same time, as a character, yeah. and that had never been done before, it's this person jokes all the time to hide their insecurities. Yeah, exactly. of course, there's yeah, a motivation. Yeah. It's such a kind of free yeah, yeah. gift to yeah. a comedy writer, yeah, yeah, isn't it? It's just yeah. a comedy like, to avoid yeah. conflict, and he's a, yeah. he's a coward. Yeah, yeah. again, yeah. with the ghost yeah. of the self-image and the whatever, is that, yeah. yeah, that he sort of, what does he see himself as? Chandler is like, 
I don't know. Is there a, a yeah. split there? He's got a very low opinion of himself. Yeah, he's yeah. very he low. Yeah. 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 People will think I'm a loser, so, so I better, I better be, funny. be funny. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just funny enough to get away with it. Yeah, I'm going to get my uh, get get. You know, you you think you can uh, slag me off? Well, I'm going to always be funnier at slagging myself off than you ever. Yeah, will. I'll get in yeah. there first. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. 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 And he's secretly all... British, I think, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. Secretly British. That's <laughs> yeah. very yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. I think there was also like when you whenever I'm writing a sitcom, I tr- try to have a character who is kind of an agent of chaos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's always a good thing. Like, it's always a good flavor to be able to yeah. throw in. And also if you get to you're like, I don't know how to plot Oh, well, let's get the agent of chaos into chuck a bomb in whatever's yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so and that again, I found that writing the novel, I was like, oh, who's my I was definitely doing that i was definitely going who's the agent of chaos who's the yeah. you know who performs these functions who's the capricious authority yes. who's the yeah. you know well i think i know yeah. who the agent of chaos is in mother's day <laughs> i think that's fairly fairly clear uh, it's pretty chaotic well, I mean, chaos absolutely well we should we should wrap this up very soon because okay. you've, you've had to write another one of these darn things haven't you i have i've got a two book deal man two, two book, book deal, deal. And, and i honestly say i'm not remotely jealous at all of you <laughs> no. Abby. next one's about stand-up comedy Oh, oh really? Oh, you're not gonna. Yeah, yeah. it's about stand-up. Not another comedian. bloody book about stand-up. Comedy. Yeah, I've already it's... written two of them. <laughs> oh no, I'm so oh, sorry. No. I didn't mean to be trying. No, to no, you're, you're established a new genre, and then Dave can yeah. come in on the switch. I'm the interloper here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, he'll uh, get yeah, have some yeah. of that sweet, sweet yeah. stand-up comedy. Sweet, yeah, novel. stand-up comedy thriller. Yeah, right. yeah, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. So, um, and when's that one out? Uh, that'll be probably, well, I don't know yet, but probably in a year. Okay. So I've just had to hand it in this, Great. this December. Yes. So Mother's Day came out when? Mm. So it's coming out in uh, one week. Is it uh, not? It's out now. It's, in, it's out now. One, one week. Yeah. Oh, sorry. It's now, now. As far as listeners are concerned. It's out yeah. on March the 2nd, 2023. Close to Mother's Day. Very close wow. to Mother's Day. Well, Do not buy it for your mum unless you've got a good relationship with your mum. <laughs> buy okay. it for your partner if they like a thriller. Or if you have a terrible relationship yeah. with Or if you have a terrible relationship with <laughs> them and you've got nothing you want to lose. To let no. Hinting anything. Though, yeah. So. Maybe read it first yeah. and then hand it over. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Come to the health warning. Thanks well, very much. brilliant. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we can go off and get uh, Mother's Day. You can. It has some jokes in it. Yeah. There may be jokes. There yep. may be jokes. There Warning. are jokes. Warning. There are jokes, funny scenes as funny well. Funny scenes. Yeah. Thanks very much. All right. Thanks, Abby. Bye. Bye. And if you want to hear a longer unedited version of this interview, join us on Patreon because they've already had this whole interview along with early access to other episodes, extra bonus content, access to the Discord channel, the opportunity to get us to read the first 10 pages of a script and do special Patreon-only podcasts on that, loads of other things. Why don't you just support this show by going over to Patreon and becoming one of our members. That would really help us keep the show on the road. We'd really appreciate that. Thanks very much. Speak to you next time. Soupy Twist. Uh-huh.